there's a lot going on in the world of free agency. I mean, we were talking about Kayla Harrison moments ago, and we'll get into all that. But coming out of Survivor Series this past weekend, there's been so much going on in WWE in terms of these releases all being cited as budget cuts, which I know a lot of people are kind of raising their eyebrows at that, looking at the um, the – They're all in the green financially with WWE, it seems. I mean, they've got all these different TV deals and deals with Peacock and uh, very lucrative deals going on over there. Yet you keep seeing week after week and month after month all of these cuts. And some of them, I don't want to say, I mean, yeah, some of them you can understand. It's business. I do get that. Sometimes you got to trim the fat. you got to tighten up the rosters. I understand that. But when you're dropping... Names like a Keith Lee, like Killer Cross, even Scarlett, somebody who I feel like just never got the fair shot that she deserved. I mean, whether you want her to be a wrestler in the ring or you want her to uh, you want her to be a manager, I think she brings so much to the table. Uh, but she's she has been released. Um, other ones that I think really hit home um, were were Hit Row. Hit Row was recently just booked like crazy all over WWE. Same with Tegan Knox. Tegan Knox, another big name that uh, you know I think of especially amongst the women in WWE and I think just professional wrestling across the board. She's somebody that everybody really really respects. So I'm very confused about what happened there. I know she's had a couple different injury issues um, throughout the duration of her time with WWE, but still blows my mind to to let so some of these names like go a, into free agency. I mean, is that like a common thing? Like, I feel like we, I think it's about every month or sometime after, sometimes even after certain fight cards, we will see cuts happen. And, and, and it's, it's always kind of like, it's hard to stomach. Sometimes you see some people yeah. get cut and you're like, Oh, not that, you know, like that person was, you know, just instrumental in their own way. And, um, I mean, how often do they it make these cuts anyways? So it always used to be right around like after WrestleMania season. So, you know, April-ish, maybe into May, you would start to see some cuts start to happen. You would expect that kind of annually. People kind of sitting, you know, sitting on their hands, kind of waiting to see what was going to happen, to see where these cuts were going to come from. But since this pandemic has hit, there's been like a ton of them. And even when there were cuts before, you know, it'd be a handful of people here and there. But now it is like big names are being let go. People that have had big contracts, people that have been steadily booked on Raw, on SmackDown, on pay-per-views, having different character development Um so I think that's the thing that's been really confusing. And I, I can't help but just I really feel for the performers in WWE right now where like, what harsh conditions to perform under when you feel like you are under the microscope, which it feels like that on kind of the best of days with WWE. But now to feel like, man, I'm going to be out of a job. I'm going to be out of making this money that I've been relying on. My family's been dependent on this money. I will say on the other side of that coin, though, the wrestling world has never looked better in terms of having other competition, whether you're going to go to all elite wrestling, you're going to go to impact. Unfortunately, that's what I was going to ask you. They're shutting everything down. Right. Kind of like UFC, like cyborg, for instance, right. When she got cut, she just found a home in Bellator and she's really happy there. So, I mean, that happens a lot. For some people, for some people that really works out, but as these cuts are becoming more and more frequent, not everyone's going to get picked up by these other promotions. Right. So 
it seems like at first it was like, okay, cool, I'll jump over here and can still make okay money. Okay, I can jump over here. But when independent wrestling kind of died for a bit during the pandemic, there was nowhere for people to go. They couldn't go do signings. Uh, they obviously weren't going to do independent wrestling shows. So they really got rocked financially, I would imagine. I mean, I feel like this has been such a huge lesson of like, damn, save your money and find ways to invest it in different ways. Because uh, if you're living paycheck to paycheck with that WWE money, that could put you in a really scary spot. Um, but yeah, I just feel like as more and more people are finding their way into this free agency market, these other promotions can only pick up so many names. I feel like that's been the common thread so much is people being, oh, they're just going to go to AEW. They're going to go to AEW. Where like AEW has a full roster. They've got, they're right. constantly expanding and they're growing so fast, but you know, they can only pay so many people to be under contract. Um, so I think trying to find other ways to make some money. And I, I will say people have been pretty successful by, you know, dabbling into some other forms of entertainment, whether it's jumping on Twitch, um, yeah, using their social media. That's one thing coming out of WWE and in pro wrestling is a social media aspect of it. People can really bump up their numbers. Same with Twitch. I know you can make a lot of money on there and the fan base is so loyal uh if if you're a fan of somebody you're going to kind of follow them depend uh, you know matter what they're up to so i think trying to find ways to still stay in the public eye in a certain way and sort of wait for those other opportunities to come up but i just feel for the performers to go out there and feel like oh my god if i don't do if i drop a word in this promo or i screw up something in this match that somebody doesn't like am i going to be next on the chopping block like that's just not conducive for having great performances i don't think I wouldn't think so either. I mean, but it happens a lot. Like, here's the thing is that in MMA, you can pretty well predict when it's going to happen. Like, if you've lost two in mm -hmm. a row, you kind of know you're on the chopping block. Just a, just dependent right. on, like, if you're a Cowboy Cerrone who has, like, one of the most fights in the UFC, um, I'd like to think myself I would be secure if I lost my next fight. I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily feel like I'm on the chopping block, especially if they're good yeah. fights. But a lot of fighters are, and it's kind of the, the understanding. But, like, how does that work in, in, in the, the pro wrestling world? I mean, do you kind of have – do you kind of know? Or is there, like, a cue? No. So – it depends because there's so many different people and there's so many different roles that people can play within WWE, whether you're a valet, whether you're working matches, there's different, you know, whether you're on Raw, SmackDown, there's 205 Live, there's, uh, you know, then the Cruiserweight division, then they've got NXT. So there are different pockets for people to be in, but... Now that we're seeing big names be released, like Bray Wyatt being released from his contract, I think that probably rocked a lot of people's worlds, wondering, like, damn, if he can get cut, I can get cut. Um, somebody like Keith Lee, somebody like Killer Cross, these guys that have just been on the up and up. Uh, but then there's also just been, like, weird um, dropping the ball in terms of, like, Adam Cole. His contract just ran out. His contract ran out, and he was, like, the number one top performer at NXT, and now he's moved over to AEW, and he didn't have to wait the 90 days of non-compete. He could just show up on TV that week, which he did, and, like, what an impact he was able to have by being able to do that. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a scary world out there right now uh, for people in WWE just wondering when those cuts are going to come. It, it sucks. Um, but, listen, speaking of making moves yeah. – on Unlocking the Cage on Friday, um, you just mentioned Chris Cyborg, uh, but she told Jimmy Smith that she wants to see you make a move over to Bellator to reunite uh, with the Strike Force family. Let's give a listen to that. I don't know how many fights Misha Tate have her in contract. I believe yeah. she, I, I was going to be winning if she's finished her contract and see the options she has. I think she can make, make much money outside. 
and she didn't see. Sometimes you're like this, but when you open, whoa, you see a lot of things. But I believe she is, you know, she can be a welcome to, to all the strike force at Bellator and be doing great fights. She's, man, she's a star. And I'm happy she coming back, you know, as a mommy and compete. And she have a lot of fans. And uh, I think the future is going to be big for her, but I believe she's better. She's her contract finished and see the options have. Misha, what's your reaction to Cyborg saying she wants to see you over in Bellator? Is that something you would ever entertain after going from one championship back now to UFC? I don't know what your contract is like at UFC, but is that something you'd ever entertain? Well, gosh, I honestly planned on, uh, I just saw it as like I'm, you know, finishing my career with the UFC because I don't want to do this forever. Um, you know, I came back with that two-year mindset, like this is what I'm going to do for the next two years and that's it. So, I don't plan on leaving the UFC for sure. But the one thing is, is like, I just want to make sure it's really like, I have to sacrifice so much to get into these fights. Mm -hmm. And my family does too. I just want it to really be worth it for everybody. So I've, I've got to like, you know, make the most out of everything. So I have no intention of leaving the UFC for sure, but I definitely need to, I need to start winning more fights. I mean, I'm, I'm one for one right now um, because I, I just, I want the extra money because I, you know, I'm not going to do it forever. And I want, um, I want to be able sure. to put funds away because my kids want to go to college, whatever. It's like a short career. Think about it. I mean, we're yeah. done usually if you're lucky by the time you're 40. So I'm trying to stack away money for the future, not just for right now you know i'm not just trying to buy fancy cars yep. like i'm looking at like what can i do for my kids in their future so <laughs> um yeah i doubt i would ever leave the ufc to be honest i don't see that happening but i you know chris did actually reach out to me on instagram which i thought was really cool after my fight she told me that it was really good for performance and you know i told her i was in good spirits and she was like that's so great you know we just learned so i really did appreciate that and i um, I know she's always kind of wanted to have that battle between us and um, I still wouldn't be opposed to that grappling match. I wish Dana wasn't so against it. I need to talk to him again because maybe he won't be, he won't hate it so much, but it would have to happen on fight pass. And he just, yeah, <laughs> I don't know why he, yeah, he just <laughs> he's not having it. No, he just not having it. He didn't like it when I brought it up the first time. So yeah. we'll see. Well, while we're talking free agency and making that bag, I mean, you want to talk a little money. Kayla Harrison's got those million-dollar purses she is cleaning up right now. What do you think that Kayla Harrison should do? Where would you like to see her land? Oh, gosh. Well, ultimately, I'd love to see her come over to the UFC and 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 fill out the 145-pound division. I, I think a, a fight between her and Norma Dumont would be great. And obviously, you know, it's exciting to think about her and Amanda. But it's also weird because if you look deeper mm -hmm. to that, they're teammates and they train together. And I I guess I would never expect, right. you know, teammates to fight each other. Um, And the, the, the other fight that would obviously so appealing is her and Cyborg. I mean, Cyborg has really only lost other than a, a very early loss in her career was like a heel hook or something funny and weird and we just kind of dismissed that you know but only really lost to amanda um but kayla is a much different style matchup and also just as big of a woman just as big and strong 
And I've always been looking for that perfect yeah. suitor for Cyborg that's like p- talented, has experience, but also has like the size and capability. Because unfortunately for Chris, this is not a knock on her. It's just that there were, weren't enough women truly in her weight class or, or, or uh, you know, weight division to make competitive fights for her. So a lot of 35ers bumped up to fight her at 145. Kayla would be maybe the first real one, you know, she's fought at 155, just big, strong, Mm -hmm. athletic woman who is meant to be at that size that could fight her and I think give her a good run for her money and it would be just a fantastic fight. So no matter what place she ends up, I think that, um, it you know, she'll make it interesting. So I think whatever's best for her. Well, let's hear what her manager had to say. Ali Abdel Aziz was uh, on TMZ weighing some options. I don't know who ever going to write a bigger check, and I believe you need to be loyal a little bit in this business. And I think BFL deserve to be loyal to them, and uh, and we're going to see what they're going to say. We're going to see what they're going to say. Is the UFC trying to sign Kayla right now? Everybody's trying to sign Kayla. Even Walmart tries to sign Kayla. What about the WWE? The WWE been calling too, but we're really? interesting real fighting. The WWE's been calling Kayla trying to get her in? Yes. Like a Ronda Rousey type yes. situation? Yes. And is she entertaining that? Or? No, because, you know, she's focused on fighting right now. All right. I mean, I, I would love to get into the pro wrestling for Kayla Harrison because it seemed to me, and I mean, obviously her agent's going to know better than my dumbass, but watching her uh, when she was even in <laughs> AEW, I mean, she looked like she was having a great time. She has that showmanship, and not that it's necessarily going to be easier on your body, per se, depending on what your style is going to be, but she wants to make a bunch of money. Pro wrestling could be a great spot for that. Uh, I know uh, Ali had this to say as well in terms of where that money's coming from. BFL, it, can, it, can, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where she's going to be. Whatever Kayla wants. Like I said, I'm a servant of many master, And she is my master. And I'm going to serve her. I'm going to make sure she make the best money. Number one thing for Kayla is not really the money. She has to be happy. And I think she's happy at PFL. But listen, I got great relationship. The UFC, Bellator, whatever it is. But I have to show a little bit of loyalty to PFL. Is she going to be the richest women's fighter of all time? She is the richest. Right now, she is. She's making more money than anybody in this business right now. Where do you think that sits with Dana White in terms of uh, the monetary gain that uh, that Kayla Harrison's being able to have at PFL versus if she were to come over to UFC? Are those contracts you think that he'd be looking to sign? Well, that's where it might steer towards Bellator because – uh, Kayla Harrison is going to be more valuable, I think, to Bellator, where Bellator stands with its overall star power, versus the UFC and the price tag that she would be uh, she, she would be asking to receive, and she deserves it. You know, she should get paid absolutely. Yeah. So she's got mouths think, to feed. Yeah, yeah, and whatever um, meet you know meets in the middle, I think, for her with money and also getting to fight some of the best. Uh, I do think that she'll find much better competition over in Bellator as well. If, you know, that's a goal of hers and if, if they can come close or meet those uh, financial, you know, financial, what would I call it? What she, what she wants, right? Financial desires. Pay then, the lady, pay yeah, her, give her that I, money. I think that that's a good home for her and it makes sense. There's some, some really talented 145 pound females over there, namely Chris Cyborg. Mm-hmm. That'd be a big fight.
Yeah. Giddy up. Let's go. Well, we're all just going to have to wait and see where Carol Harrison's going to end up signing. Uh, like her agent said, I mean, lots of people knocking on their door right now trying to sign this lady. I hope that she gets those million-dollar purses. I hope she's getting all that money that she, uh, that she so rightly deserves. Throwing Down with Renee and Misha is part of the SiriusXM Podcast Network. The show is produced by Michael Russo and Kelly Murphy. Sound designed by Nari Balin. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. Serious XM Podcasts.